Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Daisy Chain Podcast. And today I am super excited to introduce you to Jamile McBride, who is a graduate of Salem College and is into all kinds of incredible things here in Winston-Salem and in the county. Um, Jamile is the lead Latina Fina for Latinas Finas Day Carolinas and is also the COO of Conscious Step Families. And Jamile is a fire starter, you guys. <laughs> she is all over the place. Yes. She's all over the county doing some amazing things, um, not just in community groups, but in our schools and with young people. And um, Jamile, I appreciate you so much for being here, being part of this podcast, and just telling everybody about your journey after graduation from Salem. You have had an incredible journey. Yes. And you have done some pretty incredible things. And so I want you to just share that with us Mm -hmm. today. And um, let's just, let's start off with, with the basics. Tell us a little bit about you Mm -hmm. and your family, your sweet husband, Casey, and your sweet children. Tell us all about, tell us about your family and what life has been like for you after Salem College. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for asking me to come. Like Absolutely. You are, you are like, honestly, a daisy in, in the mix of stuff. So thank you so much. I appreciate that, Absolutely. sister. Thank yes, you. Yes, sister, sister. And um, all right. So, yes, I am known as the loud, large Latina, Fina. And we love you for it. Thank you so much. <laughs> and so I have a family of four children. We have a Brady Bunch from the 20th century, 21st century. We have, I have two kids that I brought into the marriage. He brought in a child from the marriage, another marriage. And then we have a little baby girl, five years old, who is helping us regain that joy and playfulness that we so needed. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, oh, we also have a goat. We have a a unigoat. A goat. Yes, yes. (laughs) They were supposed to take away his horns, and one of them popped up. So if anybody's ever seen Despicable Me 3, that is the goat. Oh, my goat. gosh. That's <laughs> and we have great. a dog, so um, we always keep animals in the house. And so just, I mean, we love animals, love life, and it's just been fantastic. I think that's the word. It's been fantastic since I graduated uh, college at Salem College. So after you left mm-hmm. Salem, where did life take you? Woo, took me everywhere. So I was really a chaser. I was a hustler. I was still in the mentality of like needing to get my degrees. And so I, after that, a year later, I pursued my master's degree and got that. And what and was that was in master's in education mm-hmm. administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because what my dream was, what I thought that I wanted to do was to be a eventually a superintendent of a school. Um, but I ended up being a an assistant principal in one of the schools in the county. And for two and a half years, I thought that was it. I thought I had gotten my dream. I should be happy. I'm making money. And I realized that through that failure of, of like thinking that that's what I needed is really when I found my destiny. And so it's just super exciting 
because we think we're on a track, you know, we're, we're majoring or minoring in this. And that's what I thought, minoring in communications and, and majoring in uh, education. And that's what I'm going to be when I grow up type of thing. But in reality, life has a way of kind of taking you to really where you need to be. That's great. And so tell us what, what, caused you to switch gears because you are you're still very involved in the schools Mm -hmm. very active in in the school system but tell us how you have switched gears what prompted you to switch gears and to start um latinas venus which by the way listeners is in has been incredibly successful um it was started in 2016 2017 2017 2017. she has over a thousand followers on her facebook page she is global you're global now you have um constituents in Australia and, um, Africa Africa now. And so she is, she's all over the world. So that is, that's pretty amazing. But what happened, um, as you moved in this direction, was there something that caused you to shift and move into this arena that you're in now with, we'll talk about Latinas Venus first and then move into conscious step families. Sure. So what happened was actually I got to a block of like, this is it. This is what I signed up for. I was working about 80 hours a week. I was barely seeing my children, barely seeing my husband. Um, I was always working for fixing a problem. There was always a problem that had to be fixed because the school I was in is actually the lowest function in school, middle school in North Carolina. Mm. So um, a lot of just heartache. So it was through my heartache, through my roughest moments that I started searching, like, is this it? Can this be my life for the rest of it, right? And not only that, but I was being prepped to take the school over for the following year. And so I knew where I was going, right? Because Mm -hmm. everybody wanted me, hey, now you could be a principal. Right. But I started getting into a depression. I started just getting like, is this it? Can this really be happening? And so um, in my search, I remember watching a show on uh, Netflix. It was I'm Not Your Guru. And it's Tony Robbins talking about that he's not our guru, that really our guru is us each individually. And so as I kind of look like, wait, what? Mm. I've got my answers. Mm -hmm. We all have our individual gifts and answers and reason for why we exist. So I kept on looking and looking and ended up in an event, uh, July, 2017 in New Jersey, which is where I was born. So I thought that was really cyclical that we went back to where I was born. Yeah. Um, and I saw myself unleash that power that was inside. That power that even though I was loud before and, you know, I was moving and shaking and things, I was doing that because of the perceptions I thought people wanted me to do. Mm. I want you to be a doctor. I want you to be a lawyer. I want you to be someone big in the community, right? But what does Jamile want? Mm. What was Jamile's whole intention of even existing? Because I, the last number I saw that we are all here by grace and a miracle mm. because one, I think in 450 trillion that's the chances of you and I being here one out of 450 trillion so once I started realizing and educating myself because education is lifelong like I was in the in college and I thought okay I passed this class and therefore I have what you know whatever it is and um and so that really woke me up emotionally spiritually and socially to who I am and I was 41 
Can you believe it? 41. Yeah, but you know, I think we've talked about before that your 40s, I mean, I feel like I have hit a new awakening in yeah. my 40s. I mean, I, I I really am tapping into the rhythm of my own drumbeat, yeah. you know, in so it. many different ways. And it's, so I can appreciate that. It's crazy because I've actually, we've met each other like a year ago, right? We did. Yeah. We did. Yamile and, and I, transform. we have, and Yamile, listeners, Jamile and I, we actually um, met a couple of years ago. She was a speaker at Venture Cafe mm-hmm. in downtown Winston-Salem, and I immediately was just drawn to you, Jamile. I mean, I, you are such a dynamic and authentic speaker in the way that you present yourself Thank to people, you. and I was so immediately drawn to you. So I just had to, I had to put that in there because I think that it's important for people to understand that when you when you go through the struggles, when you go through the obstacles, when you are faced with the crossroads, it really can bring out the best in you. And I think that everything that you have been through in your life, it is a reflection in how well you are able to present yourself in public and with people and the people, the, the groups that you're addressing. So um, oh, I'm just you. so I'm so impressed by that. It's funny you say that because like that was the very beginning stages. I was still, even in that process, still figuring this whole thing out, right? Um, and so that, even at around that time is when I wrote the book, Loud, Large, Latina, Fina, which is where I realized that my vulnerabilities and people thinking they have vulnerabilities are the superpowers that they have. And so I was still testing it. It's almost like a new car right? When we get a new car, we don't know everything about the new car. We don't know how fast it goes or anything like that. But as we test it out, we start acclimating to the seat. It starts moving with us. We become the car. Mm, And so mm. that is the vehicle that I'm in Mm -hmm. thinking that it was a vulnerable spot. Like I'm loud and I'm large and everybody looks at me a certain way because of my accent, not realizing that that was the vehicle yeah. that I got to yeah. drive yes. and test out the headlights and test out, yeah. you know? And so it really, when I tell you that our world, our life is our playground, it's our manuscript, it's we decide what we want. We decide what role we want to play, right? And so even though growing up, I was abused and went into foster homes and shelters mm. and a lot of the stuff that happened there that was the Jamile from before. Mm. That was the Jamile like 1.0. Mm. This now is Jamile 2.0, let's say. But as as life and, and seasonings happening, that's when we get even better, like like wine. Well, you know, and I don't I I I do want to touch on your experiences in foster care. And mm. I, I do I, I don't want to take you back to a dark place, but mm. I I think that so many of us have experienced traumas and tragedies in our childhood Mm -hmm. and things that we have had to learn how to overcome as adults. I know that I have had things that I've had to overcome and it's taken me my whole life to overcome them. How did those experiences, what will, let me just ask you, Jamila, what was it like? What was that like living going from different foster homes and and living that type of a life what was that like for you growing up um embarrassing 
I remember feeling so mortified that we had to like count our cans of food uh, going into a place that little kids were just crying. And I think that's the other reason why before I got pregnant, I really kind of didn't like kids. I didn't like kids because of that. Mm. And uh, everything, everything that I've ever gone through. The last time we were in a shelter, I was 18 years old. I was a senior in high school in Orlando, Florida. I don't know if you know, but Orlando has one of the best places to be homeless. Hmm. They know how to take care of their homeless. So we No, lived, I did not know that. Yes. We lived in a I call it kind of like a commune uh for homeless people. Hmm. And so I went to because that side of town in Orlando, um, back in ninety-four, they were very segregated. The side of town where this place was at was majority black. So the high school I went to and as a senior um, was all black and I remember my sister and I getting they were throwing stones at us they were calling mm. us like all these racial slurs and everything and so but that all propelled the love of people mm. like man if us black people us Hispanic people us white people us Asian people can get together like if we cause that much division that's pretty powerful like when you part a wall or or part separate the seas mm. or do something that you're thinking is mm. for for like yes it's all mine well you're pretty powerful you know the rising tide it lifts all boats yes and you know exactly. and it's and and that's one of the reasons why I um, wanted to touch on that because I think that it's important to know that you can either take a situation in your life mm -hmm. and you can see the negative right. and dwelling on the negative right. or you can turn it into something positive and something right. that can be truly impactful and take that and harness it, which is what you did because yes. that's what you're doing now. Yeah. You're working... With Latinas Venus, you are collaborating with women of all demographics right. in our community in order for all of us to come together right. to try to break the stereotypes and the, and the status quo right. um, surrounding all of these groups. Right. Um, so tell us, tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing in Latinas Venus and, and what that consists of. Sure. So Latinas Venus is classy Latin women. Okay. And the reason I wanted to I love start, that, yes, by the way. Very classy. That's why I'll, I'll keep, and you can hear the Oh, aren't on. you precious yes, with yes. your pearls? With my classiness, <laughs> classiness. And truly, you know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with AKA, Alpha Kappa yes, Alpha. Okay. Yeah. So I saw them, and this was right before. This is where I think it's so amazing because when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm. So I started seeing like little things of how we can group up and I saw the AKAs at an opening for a school function and we had women from like 18 years old all the way to 80 years old and they were classy as can be with their pearls the little old uh, and I don't want to say old ladies but the older ladies had their big hats and they were you know sewing some stuff and all of them were together and they were the ones that put this big event at the Benson Convention Center and I said wow if these black sisters can do do this latinas can do this and then we can collaborate mm -hmm. so that we can just make this like bigger than what it is and so latinas finas does not focus on the lack we're not focused on 
what we don't have. What we're focusing is on the half glass, uh, the glass being half full. Mm -hmm. And so because what we believe, it's like um, a beer or a soda, right? If you start putting in the soda or the beer or whatever, it'll start spewing if you continue to do that, to, to fill up the mm -hmm. cup. And so just kind of that is the energy that we want. Because if we can energize a people to speak life, to speak it into existence, to manifest what they want, they will have that in every part of their life. And I feel like the narrative that has been told on for Blacks and Hispanics is like, oh, poor us. We're so poor. We're poor, poor, poor. Poor? Like we're drowning in the stories, in the stigma that is out there. And so we just want to propel. Um, and there has been some negative feedback like, well, you can't ignore the weeds. And we're not trying to ignore the weeds. But we have so many weeds that we're not looking at the beautiful flower that's mm. right next to it. Mm. We're not looking at the daisies that are blooming. And daisies are perfect because they bloom around a lot of weed mm. and ragweed. Mm. So as a Salem sister, as a woman, as a as just that person that wants to bridge this stuff, it's like, come on, come on over to the other side. Yes, life has its stuff. But a lot of that stuff is to prepare us, kind of mm. like a cocoon for um, for a butterfly, right? Sometimes I remember looking at a butterfly and thinking, can we just rip it open, you know, get it mm. out of there and free it? And really, you would kill it if you get it out of its steam mm -hmm. kettle. So, um, so that's what Latinas Finas does, is we empower Hispanic women to collaborate with all women so that we can mentor this in the next generation. Because you, in your classiness and beautifulness, right? Oh, in the 40s. Thank you. Can't you imagine? The I'm in my jogging pants right now. but <laughs> You look pretty good, girl. You look pretty good. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, and so as we move together, right, these young girls are going to look up at us and say, what? they can look that good and they're older or they can uh, work together. And so that's, that's the whole reason. That's so great. And I, I just, I love, I absolutely love what you're doing with getting this group out there in the community and with the work that you're doing with the women. Yes. Um, there is a lot of power in women's groups. Yeah. And when you get a group of women together, as we know, you can do, some pretty incredible things and people Absolutely. talk about the value of a of a um you know going to a women's institution mm -hmm. and that is where for me where I have found my my power yeah. is being in an environment where I'm surrounded by women yeah um who have encouraged and propelled me into um seeking what it is that I am meant to be doing into yeah. the future and in the community. And so, but it's women like you who help spur that on, Jamelia. When right. you're, when you're out there doing these things, yeah. it's inspiring and motivating for all of us. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you even, so. even though I've, I've watched some from the sidelines and just, I've just watched you over mm -hmm. the course of the last two years and how much you have grown mm -hmm this community and it's pretty amazing what you have done. And I just, I, I admire you so much for it and especially your work in the schools. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I, I can't even imagine how difficult that must've been for you. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience working in the school in the, when you were principal, assistant principal and trying to, um, trying to, to, 
cultivate yourself and trying to prepare yourself for taking on that that role there and what was that like what kind of experiences did you have there I'm glad you asked that because uh so as women right as say uh, Salem sisters as women we tend to want to fix everything else around mm, us first yeah and we forget that really the only way the only engine to be able to fix more because we can do that is by fixing us first and not fixing because we're broken. Not that at all. Because I don't believe we're broken. I think we feel we are. I know. We're missing or something. And I love not. that. I love that perspective because we are not broken. We're not. I mean, if we look at uh, stained glass windows or if we look at things that um, the mosaics that are broken pieces and then what does it create? Something great. So at the school... Um, I got caught up with fixing a lot of stuff. Mm. And the other part is I got into my masculinity energy. Mm. So what I believe is that we all have masculine and, and feminine Sure, energy, sure, right? absolutely. But because of our aura, um, we really, women really do better in their feminine energy. And we think we don't. And that's what happened is I blocked off my feminine energy when I was abused, when I was left by my husband, mm. when all this stuff, I blocked that off to protect myself. But in reality, what I was doing was work, working out of an energetic field that was causing me damage. Mm. And so um, I didn't realize what I was doing because I was doing the job, the J-O-B required these kids have drugs. I have to go and take care of that situation. I got to call the police. This parent almost attacked this person. You know, so because of wow. so many fires going on, right. this staff member's not happy with this staff yeah. member. And so just all that, I was caught up in like fix, 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 fix mode. And so never really even took into consideration, wait, before I turned the fire off, what caused the fire to begin with mm. and so the last six months I started focusing more on what caused that and that's in those last six months is when I reduced discipline by 27 percent and I was really excited about that because I started looking at the the underlying thing mm. rather than right. the fire and what got me to there to be honest with you is I got put down by a kid Wow. He took, uh, she, she took me down. And so my husband had to come and, um, the ambulance had to come because she kicked me pretty hard and I wow. thought I was having a heart attack. Wow. So that happened, um, at the beginning of the year. And that was really the, the motivating factor. To be honest with you, I actually send her a lot of love and light and blessings because if it wasn't for that kick, if it wasn't for literally, I couldn't even use my phone. My arm wouldn't even move. Like it was so scary. I thought I was dying. Because Gosh. of that, it made me start. Scary. Yeah, it was scary. And it, so it made me start looking in deeper. Like I can't be running around this campus taking care of stuff. What happened at the beginning? What is that source? Yeah. And so those were the beginning questions. And so that's when I saw... Uh, Anthony Robbins. I went to Anthony Robbins, came back. It was so funny because I came back and August 1st, I think it's when we went back for our three-day retreat for all administration. And I remember seeing everybody look so depressed and we've been off for a month. We had no kids. Do you know what I'm saying? We right, had our right. own lives and everybody was so depressed that they were back. And I called my husband and I said, I'm not coming back. I'm going to give them my 30 days today. And so because they were prepping me to be the principal, um, they were not very happy. But I couldn't live in that 
for myself right, anymore. Right, right. And so um, from there, started August uh, 27th, excuse me, August uh, 2017, started La the Latinas Finas Project and used all my retirements to do that, which some would call crazy, wow. but it was like walking on that fire that first night I was with Tony Robbins. We can tell our mind anything because we own our mind absolutely you know absolutely our heart kind of owns us and guides us and leads us but our mind tells us no you're too fat you're too ugly you're too stupid what are you doing you know and so what what we want is for you to align with your heart so that you can find the right answers for your own life that's so great that's very powerful and yeah, thank you so much. And it sounds like a very powerful experience. And having yes. now that you're on the other side of it, because mm -hmm. you took the chance, you took, you jumped, yes. and now you're flying. Yeah. So what does it look like from the 30,000 foot view? Is it? It's crazy. I love it. I love it because I don't um, stay stuck in the minutiae. Mm. I don't stay stuck. Like right now we're working on a program and it's a hefty program that we're setting, setting out there to uh, to work on. And when I get stuck on like, okay, now how do you do X, Y, Z on computer stuff? Right. right. Um, I look at it as like, wait, come back up to 30,000 feet. So it's beautiful that you say that because it's only when we can see it 30,000 feet, don't get stuck on this pain. This little pain mm. is for this big right. gain. And so that's, that's perfect. You said that. I think that's Perfect to use what you just said, Melissa, for anybody that's stuck in a pain, whatever that pain could be. Look back at the, the gain at the 30,000 feet. Well, you know, I think we've talked before and I've told you my perspective or my, mm. my, my word of the year for 2019 yes. is perspective. Tell me. Yes. And so that's, I mean, it, it falls in line with what you're saying, because mm -hmm. if you take things Instead of if you step outside of a situation and mm. you, you take yourself back up to the 30,000 foot level and look at it from the aerial perspective, mm -hmm. it's it's much smaller. Yeah. The problem that you're trying to overcome is much smaller yes. than, than, than living in it right. at the moment. And so I absolutely appreciate what you're saying. Um, so tell us the other arm. Mm -hmm. of what you're doing. Yes. Is Conscious Step Families. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that and how that got started and what what ignited that fire. That's funny you say that because that's actually our word for the company is ignite. Oh, that's wow. That's what we do okay. is ignite families. <laughs> yes. And a crossover is that as a step family, and it's so cool because you're actually a step family too. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, as a step family, 70% do not make it. Mm. So as we wow, were, I had no idea the statistic was that high. It is very high. Wow, and it's getting um so and also the families are younger now. They're in their twenties and they're in their second and third marriage. Wow. Yes. So um so what we I no idea. want to do with conscious step families is to help these families who are ready because not everybody is ready, but the step families that are ready to step in, step up, and step out into who they want to be, starting with themselves. If they're like, I am done with this little girl rolling her eyes. I am done with his ex-wife. I am done with all that stuff. So you know the problem. But once you can identify, but I know there has to be an answer. There has to be because I love my husband or my wife so dang much. There has to be something that's going to get us through. 
And what is that something? It's to come back out on that 30,000 feet ledge and look and see, I love my life. I love myself. I love my husband. And this problem, this situation, again, it's crossing over from that um, Latinas Finas. It's personal development. It's developing of ourselves first because problems are going to be there. Situations happen. I don't care if you're a millionaire, a billionaire, or you're living in the streets. We all have something that we come across, and that's our contrast. So Conscious Step Families was created, one, because we're a step family, and we're actually three generations of step families. So my grandparents, my mother, and us. So we were like, where can we end this? Where can we end? Why did it come? Why did it happen before? And we did it also as a social enterprise to pump and fuel money into the nonprofit. So that was the reasoning behind it, but also passionate because we are, we are the Usted family. And you saw the problem. And I think that a lot of people don't, with my experiences with friends and with, in my circles, mm -hmm. um, I see so, so many issues right. with family dynamics with step families. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, people think that this is just the way that life has to be. Right. I was very fortunate growing up in that I had amazing step parents. Mm -hmm. um, and my step parents all got along. My stepdad got along with my dad. My nice. stepmothers got along with my mom. They always kept us as the, 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 the main point of everything. Mm -hmm. And they always kept us as the focus. Mm -hmm. And so there was not, I mean, they had times when they may have had issues or problems or whatever that they worked out, but it wasn't anything. There was not this ongoing battle. Right. What I'm seeing with a lot of step families is that there's an ongoing battle between mm -hmm. these, you know, the, the mothers and the, the, the stepmothers. And, you know, I think I've told you before, I don't actually use the term step here and for me and my family, we mm -hmm. use bonus. Okay. Because I, the negative connotation was step. Right. Um, stepmother, stepson. I think there's that that stigma, that underlying tone, and I wanted to set a different tone for our relationship and for our family mm -hmm. um, dynamic. And right. so my soon to be um, stepsons, they're my bonus sons, and okay. then I'm their bonus mom. Um, because I just, I wanted it to have a different, a different tone and to go into the marriage with a different dynamic, um, and tone it. for the relationship. Right. And so, but I think that people really feel like that they have to live in this misery. And, you right. know, it's, I, I had someone tell me one time that being a stepmother is the most thankless job you'll ever have. Right. And, uh. um, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. You know, right. it really doesn't. And so I think what you're doing is so important mm -hmm. because of what you said statistically. And I know in my circles, right. I see so many people that are struggling with the family dynamic and trying to make things work with their bonus children and with the ex-spouses. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I think it's really good and impactful what you're doing. And you know, it, there's not anyone else around here doing it unless you go to a family therapist, right? Um, which is absolutely a great idea. But I love the way that you incorporate the the group setting because I think it's important to have 
yes. to have that support and, yes. you know, within a group because, you know, it's, it can feel very lonely. Yeah. I mean, we've had our issues right. that we've had to work through and it's a very lonely place. Yeah. And, um, so having that support system and creating that platform for support, I think is really important. Well, so. it's, it's definitely been since the beginning of time, um, they're called masterminds. And mm. so like Jesus did it with his disciples, mm. um, before that, like the yogis, I mean, masterminds are super powerful because you get together a group of people that want the same result. So in this case, they want a happy, peaceful, love and resilient step family. You gather all these people that that's their mission. Their mission is not to change, let's say, uh, their stepdaughter or their stepson. But what they change is their thought or perception of their step family. Right, right. So you say in bonus, actually, what I've noticed, the statistics is people who use bonus are usually millennials. So you're... You're a pretty hip stepmother, bonus mother, <laughs> uh, because usually millennials. Well, thanks. Do. I try to be. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> um, so when women and men can realize that we are the answer to anything in our lives, like to a better wife, to I mean, excuse me, to a better life, to a better family, and all that stuff, then we can actually grow more. Mm. And I relate it to like when we have a headache. Right. I told you that. Uh, oh, yes. We yes. have a headache. What do we do? Tylenol. Thank you, Tylenol. Thank you, ibuprofen. Yeah. Whatever we take for the headache. Instead of asking, mm. what did I do mm. to cause this headache? Right. Oh, I'm stressed out. Oh, I am doing this. Oh, I drank too much wine last night or whatever the case is. If we can look at that, because the, the world wants to um, demonize the outer of us. The world says, oh, it's an epidemic of, um, there was an epidemic of these drugs. Remember? Oh, yeah, the, the opioids. Opioids, yeah, yeah. yeah. The epidemic of opioids. Those bad opioids. Listen, you will not have an epidemic of opioids if you don't pick up the opioids. The guns. Yeah. Who kills? People are the guns. So I'm not going to say who's better or not because we all are going through our own journey. Right, right. But the more we give the demon outside of us, the less we can become the queens right. and the kings that we already are. Right. And so that's what we try to help our step families believe. Not because they're broken or dumb or stupid or they're missing anything, but because if we can unleash and ignite that fire inside of them, they're going to have right. a better, better relationship with their family. I think a lot of people have difficulty, though, Jamile, with personal accountability. And that's that's essentially what... It's very hard to be introspective at times. Yeah. You know, when you're dealing with a stressful situation and you're dealing with what's... It's easy to lay blame on everyone, you know, well, my stepson or stepdaughter did this or my husband's doing this. It's very hard to look introspectively at what you're doing personally to not necessarily help, but to hinder the circumstances surrounding what you're dealing with. And so I think you're bringing awareness to this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, and I see what you mean as far as when they're ready, when you say when yeah. they're ready, because yeah. it is absolutely you have to want to change and you have to want to grow personally and to improve your situation, not necessarily change the people around you. And there's right. a difference between the two. Right. And so I think that um, putting yourself in a position of trying to 
look at your situation from that perspective right. that you were saying can be difficult, but I think that it's really fantastic that it's that you've had such success with it and that people are recognizing it and realizing it. And I, but I don't think that a lot of people are even aware that it's a problem. And that's, what's so great about this group is that it's, it's about awareness Mm -hmm. and just being aware that this is something that a lot of people deal with every day. And we, we have been dealing with it for years and years. Those of us that have come from families that have step parents and, you know, our friends do. So I think that it's, it's great. It's funny you say that because actually awareness, consciousness is awareness. Consciousness is being aware of why that is hurting you. And so the reason I also wanted to bring up the story of living in a shelter when I was uh, 18 years old. So that's pretty embarrassing already. But 18 years old, I was living in a shelter in Orlando. We were there for almost a year. And uh, when I left there, went to college. And every story I had about Florida, I hated. Oh, you lived in Florida? Yeah, I hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hate everyone, even Casey. Until one day when mm. we started learning about all this stuff, right? To be consciously aware mm. of why I, I hated it. He mm. literally did a whole session on me. And I realized that the reason I hated Florida and Florida's flat, I would I would come up with all the it's so flat, only a speed bump is as tall as a mountain, like <laughs> all these crazy things about Florida. Right. Because of what I aligned with it, because mm. of what happened then. Mm. So as an adult, I've gone back to Florida. Florida's gorgeous. Oh yeah, you know there's there's. Give me the places. next. Give me the next bus out. I'll. Florida's beautiful. <laughs> I love Florida. <gasps> Last time we went there, like I pulled a coconut yeah. off a tree. I was like, the abundance is beautiful. Yeah. The water, yep. the, the air, the everything. But the reason why I couldn't see that is because of my relationship to the past. Right. And so when a stepmom or a stepdad, if they are feeling like disrespected, it isn't always because the kid is disrespectful, even though they could be. Right. It is because it's triggering a story they have from their past. Mm. And so that is the mm. stuff that we help them unleash and wow. untie. Wow. Is to realize where is this coming from? Yes, she does roll her eyes. Yeah, she did this, right? But first, let's find out where is this coming from? Mm. Did I grow up in a in a family that children are not heard? They are only seen. And you know, like where right. is that coming from? And so so yeah, to be conscious of it. That's the type of people that we work with is that they're ready to open up the Pandora's box and look at the poo. Yeah. And wanna yeah. you know, wash that off, right? And not everybody's ready for that, and that's okay. But, uh, but, and that's what we do. That's that. great. Well, let's switch gears a little bit because I want to make sure that we have enough time to cover all of the questions. I love talking with you and I yes. could talk with you forever, but unfortunately, um, I'm using a free software program and so I'm limited <laughs> on. <laughs> so let's talk with you guys. Don't cut it off. Don't <laughs> cut me off. Okay. So, and I don't want that to happen. So tell me, let's, let's switch gears and uh-huh. let's, let's talk about, um, as far as looking back on your life, mm-hmm. where you are now, what would you, what piece of advice would you share with a soon-to-be Salem graduate who who might be feeling a little bit discouraged right now about the world and going out there into the world and all the things ahead of them after they leave the 
warm, safe community of Salem. What, What kind of advice would you share with them? I would share with them that to align themselves with their heart Mm. to, and I know that sounds hokey pokey. And if, and if people haven't really um, done meditation or yoga and things like that, that might be a little bit difficult to understand what it means to go within. But I would say before you graduate to sit under your favorite tree that you've had there at mm. Salem College. Because Salem's campus is gorgeous. I know. I love the cobblestone and everything. Oh, it's so beautiful. Sit where you feel alive. And I want you to take your journal and I want you to ask, what do I do next? Mm. And allow the birds, the air, the breathing, breathe in deeply. And just write. It's actually called mm. automatic writing. Mm. You know, I'm reading a book on that Are right you now. Are you really? I am reading a book on that right it's now. perfect. I'll text it to you. My yeah. brother sent it to me, and I I absolutely love it. Yes. So, girls, I am telling you, even gentlemen, if you're listening, automatic writing is the universe's way of speaking to you. Yes, that's very creepy and weird. But as you write without thinking, okay, does it have a period? Does it have 150 words? Don't worry about any of that. And just allow the presence that's inside of you, that powerful warrior beast that you already know you are. And then just let it all out. And any question that you have, I guarantee you, guarantee you, or your money back, um, (laughs) that you will get your answers for what you're supposed to do. And all the noise, your family, your moms, your dads, your brothers, your boyfriends, all the noise of what they want for you. Focus first on what you want for you. Mm. Tell us, do you have the name? Do you have a name of a of a favorite book that mm-hmm. has helped you along in your journey? Yes, actually, two off the top of my head: "Man's Search for Meaning," which one day I would love to write. The Women's Search for Meaning, but this guy is really powerful. He passed away, Dr. Viktor Frankl. He was a psychologist mm. in Nazi Germany, and uh, he was put into the concentration camps. And he wrote the book literally in his mind while he was in these camps. He was the one that would dig the graves. He was the one that was move the dead people. So he was in the trenches of these terrible things that was happening, right? And when I read the book, my mind went back to, first of all, I have not seen death like that, Mm. right? And I still, when I was going through stuff, I thought I couldn't get out. But this man not only got out, but he wrote secrets of how you can get out of your mind mm. when we get there. Mm. So he is was real pivotal in, in reading that book. The other book is Dying to Be Me. Okay. So Anita Morjani, she actually wrote this book after having a near-death experience. Mm. And she talks about the this abyss or this matrix or whatever you want to call it, this universal love that encompasses us. That here on this earth, we all put down stuff like, oh, when you die, you're going to do this and all these terrible things, not because they're bad people, but because of rules. A lot of times we feel like if we put rules mm. or boxes, people are, we're going to protect people. But in reality, what we're doing is limiting the spirit's mm. way of speaking to us. And so she talks in this book about that near-death experience. She actually was out, I think, for 24 hours. Wow. Something like that. It was just insane. And so she also, the reason why I think you're going to love this book, she also talks about how she... um 
uh, was an Indian woman born and raised in Hong Kong under the dominion of the British mm. and was raised by a Chinese woman. Hmm. So she has all these dynamics. Lots of culture. Culture, yeah. religion, beliefs, and disbeliefs. Oh, I love that. You know? And so because of all that, it shaped her belief system. And so then once she died, she actually was like, wait a minute. That's just all the seasoning everybody yeah. has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love so, that. So super powerful book. All um, right, sister. Well, yes. I've, I've put both of those on my summer reading list. Yes. Because after graduation, all I'm going to do is read all of the books that I want well, to no, read. Well, no, you got to get married. Well, I've got to get married. Yes. Graduation, we, marriage. And... We officially have an officiant. Okay. Alan called me and he says he's found someone to marry us. Nice. So that, it was a huge roadblock. Yeah. We were really worried about that, but that's been taken care of. Good, so, good, good. But after the wedding, I'll be reading. Good. For sure. Nice. So I've got it on my list. Thank you for those. So next thing, what's what's something kind of fun and this can be silly and fun or it can be serious or or however you want it to be um what's what do you consider to be kind of your shot in the arm right now what is what's something good for you in your life that you just kind of a guilty pleasure kind of something that you do for yourself every day that you look forward to uh i love saying no like mm. i love I used to say yes to everything. I love that so much. Oh, my God. I even I'm... say no to my daughters. And I used to, like, cringe, like, oh, my God, I'm going to break their little hearts and spirits. And saying no is the most, like, unbelievable experience. Like, I said no today. I'll tell Casey. I'm like, I said no today. That's so great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love um, that. Especially now when you're going to graduate. Because everybody, everybody loves you, Melissa. Oh my gosh. You know, your energy. Don't say things they're like gonna that. Want, they're going to want you here and there. And you're going to be like, oh my God, my mind is going to blow up. You're so kind. But definitely, you know, once we align ourselves with what is it that I want, then you could say no easier. I said no to, I won't say exactly who it is, but a big organization that wanted me to come speak. Mm. And I said no to them, um, to a couple other ones too. That it was really like, just like, wow, not because I think I'm better than them, but because we have to, in order to continue with our destiny, mm. because throughout that people are going to be drawn to you, situations drawn to you, but not all of those situations are the doors you need to open yet. I have a really hard time with saying no. And I think it's yeah. because I really, it's the challenge Mm-hmm. That someone, it's it's like when someone asks me to do something, I feel like they're presenting me with a challenge. And so oh. I have a very difficult time with turning down a challenge because I really, that that's kind of what, what feeds my fire is the challenge. And so I, I will absolutely keep that in the back of my mind, Jamile, as my little nugget of advice yes. as I graduate because it is... It is difficult for me. I don't know if you have read the book by Gretchen Rubin or have taken the um, survey, her uh, quiz that she does. It's called The Four Tendencies, and she's written a book about this. And I am I thought that I was a rebel uh-huh. because I do have rebel tendencies. But um, And a lot of people are into the Enneagram, and, you know, but the Enneagram's been around forever. Mm-hmm. And it's a little... It, 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 the Enneagram's great, uh-huh. um, but the four tendencies just kind of spoke to me because it is more about your tendencies as far as your behaviors are con- yeah. concerned and what motivates you to act mm-hmm. and to respond. Mm-hmm. And so 
I am absolutely an obliger. I have found, I was really surprised by that. That's awesome. But, um, these girls, you guys need to take this assessment because once you can identify with what somebody has coined, it'll help you even more. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that. So that actually is some masculine energy. And that, that when we're like, we're up for the challenge. You want to duel? Let's duel. Yes, yeah. let's do the best. Yeah. Yeah. That comes out of masculine energy. Yeah. And it's not a bad Interesting. thing. It's not a bad thing at all. But when we say yes, let it be a yes because it's going to fill the fire mm. in your feminine energy. Mm. Not because it's going to um, challenge you in that way. Does that make That's sense? That's a great piece of advice. Yes. So That's a great way to keep it in perspective. Yes. Perspective. Keeping it in perspective. <laughs> okay. Well, I wanted to make sure that we have enough time to get everyone connected to you. Yes. So tell us how they can connect to you on, well, first, tell us about your event for um, Latinas Venus yes. on April the 26th. Ladies and gentlemen, please come out to a grand event. The event is called Soy Ike, which means I am, then what? So I am short, or I am graduating, or I am, then what? What is my life story? What is it supposed to be? For only $10, you're going to get an empowerment session. You're going to get to dance your hiney off with other women. And then you get to be fed royally and also connect with other businesses and organizations in the area. We want Latinas, Black women, Asian women, anyone. And we're still looking for vendors. So if you have that, um, I remember meeting a couple girls who invented stuff at Wake Forest in their dorm room. Oh, wow, yeah. If you ladies are like that and have invented something and you want to come and sell it and showcase it, that would be the place to go. That's great. So, and how much are tickets? So tickets are $10 to okay. be a participant. Okay. If they want to showcase what they have. So maybe a Salem sister table with all the little knickknacks or something like that. That's $25. Okay. And so that's that event there. On the 27th, the very next day, Latinas Finas will be presenting a many other Latin-based women's businesses oh, at Renolda House. Okay. It's going to be a free event there. Wow. You get to go to Renolda House for free. So yeah, super exciting. Great. And there's going to be way more things happening. And uh, we're joining up with other female groups to do other events as well. So great. yeah, this is not the end. This is the beginning. That's so great. So tell us how they find you on Instagram, Facebook, all your socials. Yes. So for Latinas Finas, you're going to find us at Latinas Finas, and that's on Instagram and Facebook. Please reach out to me if you want to do a live so that we could share with the world what you are, who you are, or who you want to be. Because through that, we can connect you literally with people all over the world. That's great. And with Conscious Step Families, we are at McBride Somos on Instagram and Facebook. We have a private group at Conscious Step Families, and they can pretty much Google us and we'll be the top on there. That's fantastic. Well, Jamile, thank you so much for taking time to do this. And I just appreciate you. I respect you. I respect what you're doing in our community. You are an inspiration. You are just flipping things all over the place as you 
barrel through the county, and it is <laughs> it is fantastic. It's refreshing. We need it, um, and I just appreciate everything that you're doing, and I love it, and I'm on board with you, sister. I'm linking arms with you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in today and listening to Jamelia's incredible story, and you can find her where she mentioned over on all the social pages, which I will have posted to the transcript over on the website at www thedaisychainpodcast.com. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. See you sisters.